Welcome to Game at Two! What is going on, everybody? It's Game That Tune back in the house once again. It's your host, John Harrington here, and I've got David Fleming with me. David, say hey. Hey, and I gotta say, I'm really excited to be here, because this is our redemption episode for Johnny and Jesse. Uh, loser's bracket, if you will. I've already got my spot in the finals, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be here to commit 100% behind these guys. Oh, okay. Well, David, I, I appreciate the uh, the willingness to kick back and not participate in the show because this is our this is a redemption themed episode. This is the losers bracket of August Absurdity, of course. It's uh, man, it's a special one, guys. It's August Absurdity seven. We had five recording nights in August. We had to figure out a way to do five fantastic shows for the month of August. And so we've had two rounds so far of August Absurdity, and David and I have both made it to the finals. And you know what's more fun than a finals with two contestants? A finals with more than two contestants, guys. And so this year we wanted to give Johnny and Jesse, our two losers, uh, a shot at redemption. And I thought there would be no better way to do that than by playing a round of Game That Tune Redemption Jeopardy. And now we will meet our contestants. Uh, first, a uh, computer programmer from Baltimore, Maryland, and loser of his head-to-head -head matchup with David Fleming two weeks ago, John Regan. Oh, crap. How is it every single time we do this, I forget that I have to come up with some kind of promo concept. No. I never fucking do this. No, you, no, no, you don't have to come up with a promo. This is Jeopardy. You just say hello. Johnny, how many oh, times hey. has somebody cut a wrestling promo on Jeopardy? God. <laughs> I would like to see an inventory list of that. I, I, if they ever did a like wrestling crossover episode of Jeopardy, I'm not aware of it, but I would like to watch it. Uh, and hailing from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, the loser of his matchup with me just a week ago... Uh, the Sega legend, Jesse Moore. Tonight, I'm the fucking Sandman. Ooh. And Johnny, you're going to sleep. Short and sweet, baby. See, that's the kind of wrestling promo Jeopardy needs. They need the contestants saying shit like that to each other. And uh, guys, man, uh, what a uh, what a fantastic episode of Game That Tune Jeopardy we've got coming for you guys. Uh, for those that don't remember, we've done this once before, and I think it was uh, I think it was a pretty fun episode. So I decided to bring it back, and I tried to think of a way to uh, you know really make it specific to Johnny and Jesse and their failures. Um, I, it took a took a lot of uh, research, a lot of number crunching, a lot of thinking. And uh, I, I, I scoured the history of Game That Tune, fellas, and I came across several instances. Uh, you know, I, I told you guys last week to you know think on uh, think on your sins, think on your failures on this show, because 
tonight we have a Jeopardy game centered around episodes of Game That Tune in which Johnny and Jesse both scored zero points. Ooh, okay. So it's your wide range on my part. Exactly. Well, no, see, that's the thing. It's only specifically episodes where both of you scored zero points. That has happened less often than you think. Ooh. Yes. There have been plenty of episodes where one of you know one or uh, you know one or more of us scores zero points, but so few episodes specifically in which Johnny and Jesse both strike out completely, leaving me and David to uh, you know compete for the uh, for the bonus tunes and the bragging rights. So we've got five fantastic categories on tonight's show. Uh, those categories, of course, uh, sorry, I should have my soundboard up for this. Those categories, of course, handheld hand fills. Legendary failures, maybe call it a comeback. Zero is the magic number. Talking about your scores, and with fans like these, talking about fantastic fan requests that no one is able to guess correctly. So, um, I'm I'm sorry, John. I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to check because I heard you call my name. Do you do you need me for this segment or? Uh, you know, David, I, that's the only issue with this episode is that I didn't come up with a thing for you to do. Okay, no, so. no, no, that's fine. Like I said, I was, I was just checking. He could you turn are... the letters around, right? <laughs> uh, he could, <laughs> or he could just be the, uh, he could be the Statler and Waldorf all rolled into one. Oh my God! Can heckling you, just you just... guys for your inability to get these answers right. Oh my God! I want to hear a Statler and Waldorf so bad. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, so, David. Uh, give me a moment. I dropped my bookmark. <laughs> Okay, well, while he's picking that up. I just want to hear him do that. Um, the uh, the most recent loser of uh, an episode of Game That Tune gets control of the board, so Jesse, the board is yours. Where are we going? Uh, let's go with uh, with fans like these for 500. <laughs> Why are we doing that? <laughs> he's because feeling bold. we're playing Jeopardy. Yeah, uh, it's just, yeah, every time, somehow. Tell me that's <laughs> where the Daily Double build, is. You guys never build up to things. <laughs> um... <laughs> Because, hold on, let me just check my notes. You know, we cool down. Uh, yeah, no, uh, so, no, that's not the Daily Double Space. That's the Tornado Tunyon Space. Tornado Tunyon! You will, of course, recall that the Tornado Tunyon Space means that you can answer this question as many times. Whoever gets the uh, correct answer first while the song is playing can score the 500 points. So both of you have your, uh, have your pads ready. Oh, and I should also... Uh, I'll, I'll get back to the other rules after this. Uh, so yeah, with fans like these for 500, guys, get ready to write and listen. This game is the first game in the series to be released on a home console and the first to receive a Peggy rating of 7 for violence in Europe. Johnny, let's hear those tunes. Fighter is incorrect. Baby, I'm a broken man. I'm just a shattering star. Baby, I try to find my way as the lonely shadow swarm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just a man missing you. Please understand. Without you, I'm dying. Uh, Jesse said DDR. He's incorrect. Johnny says edition D, incorrect. No, no one will know how I bear my pain alone. 
Johnny says Persona 5 incorrect. Last chance, guys. Oh. This is why you don't start with 500. Yeah. Why? We wouldn't have got it either way. You might have gotten, you know, in a groove, man. You got, you guys got to hit your stride. <laughs> Johnny's uh, final guess is Virtual Racer. He's sadly incorrect. Jesse, any further guesses? No. Jesse has no more guesses. Guys, of course, this is Rhythm Heaven Fever for the Wii. Come on. That was obvious. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, David. Um, uh, request all the way. Request all the way back in episode seventy-five by Dire Haunch Crow. Um, just a fantastic request, um, and uh, yeah, one that I don't know. I thought maybe uh, thought maybe you guys would be familiar with. I guess David's the, mo the more of the rhythm, rhythm heaven player in the group, not so much Johnny. Which says Apparently. a lot when like I'm the rhythm heaven player because I have no rhythm whatsoever. Oh, well, you know, I don't think that rhythm games require any true rhythm. It's just a willingness to play the games. I'm, um, I'm pretty sure so you, rhythm you, games do require rhythm. It's in the title of the genre. <laughs> they're pretty forgiving, David. They, you know, they, uh, they really are. Not the um, really hard ones. I, I, guess. I would like to see them make a rhythm hell game. Yes. Like, rhythm that, heaven, you know, heaven sounds pretty nice. That would be... I, I think that's kind of implied in most rhythm games, is that you're yeah. going to rhythm hell. So for this one to be rhythm heaven... That's how this one goes against the grain, but um, I imagine heaven is when you finally get to sit down. Yes. I imagine a rhythm hell game <laughs> kind of is the basically game. the rhythm heaven mini games, but like the DDR, thirty arrows on a screen. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been to rhythm hell. It's uh, it was there at Magfest when the guy was doing DDR across two things and also playing a fiddle. Yeah, um, what the fuck, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he won the fiddle from the devil. I'm just saying. Um, so. <laughs> uh, good job, both of you guys. Uh, that is to say, uh, bad job. So, uh, Johnny has taken control of the board because Jesse uh, chose that one. So, Johnny, where are we going? I'm going to go with handful, handheld handfuls for 100, hand please. Handheld handfuls for 100, despite being released on Game Boy. This game uses a naming convention normally reserved for releases on Nintendo's 16-bit home console.
if either of you get this wrong, I swear. Yeah. Okay, guys. Let's see it. Uh, and at this time, I would like to remind everybody of the rules of Game That Tune Jeopardy. Of course, correct answers get you the points. Incorrect answers lose you the points. No answer loses you the points. And a drawing of a penis is the only way to answer and uh, not lose points if you don't know something. Johnny and Jesse both say Super Hunchback, and they are both correct. No, so wait, should, we have, should we be at negative 400 then? Because we both got the Tornado Tunyon wrong? No, that, that was a special space. No, uh, no points okay. at stake for all those incorrect guesses. Johnny, haven't yeah, you ever watched Jeopardy? <laughs> Don't you know that when they get the Tornado Tunyon space, nobody loses points? <laughs> yes, come on, man. <laughs> Try to keep up. God, Alex Trebek is spinning in his grave, almost like he's under the influence of one Tornado Tunyon. Um, <laughs> Too but, yeah, soon? Uh, no, man. Okay. Yeah, it was too soon for Tornado Tunyon to rob that grave. Um, so yeah, Super Hunchback. I'm glad that now this is an obvious pick for all of us. <laughs> because back when we featured it on the show, uh, only uh, only I knew it because of because uh, the game that tune Gems Connection. And man, what a game! This game just a uh, only indelible classic. Only you knew it because of the Gems Connection. Because otherwise, this is an utterly baffling game. <laughs> Yes, it's a baffling, non-existent game. Um, that's that's kind of why I love Game That Tune Gems. This is a good chance to uh, plug patreon.com slash Game That Tune, the home for awesome exclusives, including Game That Tune Gems, where we listen to music from 30, 20, and 10 years ago, uh, including the music of the Game Boy Classic, Super Hunchback. Check out patreon.com slash Game That Tune for all kinds of fun exclusives. David, have you played Super Hunchback since we used it in the, uh, several episodes ago? Uh, no. This game continues Dang. to boggle my mind. Yes, as uh, as it should. And even if you do play it, I would like to think that it would still boggle your mind. So, Johnny, you maintain control of the board. Uh, where are we going? Uh, handheld 200, please. Handheld handfuls for 200. This game's in-game currencies include lapis and summon tickets. guys who's feeling great me all right so johnny and jesse both say final fantasy brave exvius and they are both correct <laughs> guys great job final fantasy brave exvius of course the mobile final fantasy game um in which you uh, spend lapis and earn summon tickets and get to summon characters from previous Final Fantasy games to fight alongside those iconic characters, Rain and uh, Laswell. What a what a group of fantastic 
iconic Final Fantasy characters there in Brave Exvius. Uh, could one argue that this, however, is the most, uh, the high, uh, most, uh, the highest selling uh, game in the Final Fantasy series? Is that an argument that people like to make for things like mobile games? I mean, is do it? They s- do they sell mobile games? That's the thing. <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> I mean, or I don't think they sell this one. Uh, they they do sell Maybe mobile those games. Downloads. Yeah, it, I think they or- said you know this uh, has been downloaded by like 50 million people or something as of a certain time, and I'm like, that's got to be easily the most played Final Fantasy game. Uh, you know, even like successes of seven aside, like you know, I don't think any, I don't think anybody bought fifty million copies of it. Um, Can you summon Doctor Tot? Yeah, see, I you know, I need to go through the list of characters that are able to be summoned because no, I don't think so. I think it's a lot of characters from the uh, developer's previous game. Like, there's a lot of crossovers in this game. It, it feels odd to me that you can summon Katy Perry and Ariana Grande, but you can't summon Doctor Tot. It, uh, it it doesn't feel right. Yeah. yeah, no, they will not get a single red set for me yeah. until you <laughs> summon Dr. Todd. Not one nickel of lapis from Johnny until <laughs> you <laughs> fucking put Dr. Todd in the game. Um, yeah, you know, I would think that. They would. They should put, like, every named character from Final Fantasy in the game, and then you can worry about the Ariana Grande and the Katy Perrys of it all. But uh, I guess I'm not the one marketing the mobile game, you know... Uh, I you know I always try to go after that hardcore Doctor Tot audience. Now, do you think they had like a tie-in where it's like I spent some gill and I liked it, you know, for the Final Fantasy situation? I think they should have. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Um. I, I doubt they did, but I, I really think they should have. That's uh. Though I don't think that's the currency in this game, man. Um, it should be though, because the Final Fantasy money is gill all the time. Yeah. But this is this game has all the time. Jesse, that's a million gill idea. I thank you, John. I think I that Ariana that. Grande should appear in this game and perform a lapis dance that earns you um, extra lapis just by uh, it's pretty good. I'm just by using the move. Huh? Like, it's like meow. It's like payday by meow. I'm just confused because I Ariana I Grande, off give the us Final a lapis Fantasy dance. Games post six. Is Katy Perry not in Final Fantasy fifteen? I'll she have to is. check on that. Yeah. See, they initially had her in there, and then I think they kind of retooled the character a little bit, and it ended up becoming I, Ignis. Well, um, there's also like, uh, like Coleman and like Cup Noodle and all these other brands. That there is a lot of branding in Final Fantasy I remember 15. seeing Katy Perry with pink hair and a bra that shot whipped cream, and I just assumed that was a Final Fantasy character. Oh, no, okay. that's Final Fantasy 13. Oh yeah, maybe she's in thirteen on fifteen. I was gonna say maybe she's yeah. the woman at the gas station, but no, I don't. Re- I don't remember the whipped cream bra. Um, no, that's Ariana Grande. Yeah. So anyway, um, moving on. Johnny maintains control of the board. Johnny, where are we going next? Handheld three hundred. Handheld handfuls for three hundred. This game's North American packaging promises quote mirth, merriment, and mega fun. <laughs>
Alright, guys. Feeling good on that one, I assume? Full of mirth and merriment? If not mega fun? More like mega dick. Oh, ho, ho, okay. Uh, Johnny drew a dick, and Jesse says, Shrek? Um, sadly, both of those are incorrect. However, only Jesse loses the points. This is, of course, Land of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse for the second Game Gear. Oh. Johnny, shame on you. This was your. Uh, this was one of the games that you selected for the episode that I uh, pulled these from. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You, know, you probably should have known that. Uh, known that music, given that you uh, spent so much time playing in the Land of Illusion with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and that also and so much time listening to music before the show. Right. You totally did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that uh, there was the alliterative uh, trivia there. The the alliterative packaging. That maybe uh, maybe would be a slight clue if you'd been paying attention, because you know Mickey Mouse, mirth, merriment, and megafun. Uh, those are his catchphrases, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, famously in Steamboat Willie, the very first thing he said was like, <laughs> "Let's have some mirth, merriment, and megafun." And then he led like a whole church thing. It was a pretty weird, you know, short. <laughs> a whole church thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what do you mean? <laughs> well, see, Mickey was part of the whole. Um, Oh, what do they call it? New thought that started uh, permeating the U.S. in the late 1800s. He, you know, basically Walt latched onto that, and so that was a, the whole Steamboat Willie was uh, uh, Mickey Mouse leading a whole Pentecostal-style church. <laughs> you just—I can sense David getting more and more upset as you continue talking. <laughs> Johnny, as as I think the only person as part of our podcast that has read a biography on Walt Disney. I don't know where to begin telling you that you're wrong. Um, also, I, I, I love the fact that you're talking about Mickey Mouse's quotes in Steamboat Willie being mirth, merriment, and mega fun, when I'm pretty sure the only thing he said was, oh me, oh my. Mm. Like, I, uh, the original script, however, did mention mirth and merriment and mega fun. I've, they just had to they cut it down for budget reasons, I'm sure. I'm glad I'm not participating because I'm so upset right now. <laughs> Well, uh, man, so Johnny, uh, with his, uh, with his penis, still maintains control of the board, so he gets to pick the next category. Handheld 400. Handheld handfuls for 400. This game is notable for its use of tabletop elements, such as dice rolls and character models resembling miniatures with their feet affixed to a wide base. Alright guys, everybody's feeling raucous and rowdy after that one. 
Johnny has drawn a uh, rocket ship taking off from a uh, pl- uh, dick-shaped platform, and uh, Jesse has written the correct answer. Of course, this is Crimson Shroud. Might be for the 3DS, not the DS. I can't remember. I, you know, I typoed that on the screen. Uh, Jesse, this is Crimson Shroud. Is it for the 3DS or the DS? The 3DS, because okay. part of the the game was like you could see the models in 3D and it looked ah. kind of cool. Of course. You can do 3D yes. on the DS. <laughs> I mean, <What>? admittedly, <laughs> it was shitty 3D because it was like N64 polygonal graphics, but... Oh, you mean no, that's... you mean just 3D models? You don't mean the 3D depth slider effect that the 3DS had? I'm like, David, I'm uh... sorry, you're going mad. Oh, you meant... Okay, <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. True 3D. <laughs> I, was, I was really worried for a second. <laughs> I thought you were very ill. <laughs> David, Why would they even make this what? 3DS? You could already do 3D on the DS. <laughs> David, 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 you really got to go see an optometrist yeah, tell if you, you're man. seeing 3D games on your DS. I don't know what I you guys are right talking right into the about. screen and grab My the My eyes are just fine. I've been playing my Virtual Boy all day long. Oh, no. <laughs> that explains it. Uh, you know, talk, that's, uh, sorry, David. The, the thing you get from playing a Virtual Boy, it's not a Crimson Shroud. It's called Cataracts. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, Same thing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> a red-colored cataract for playing Virtual Boy. Um, so, yeah, Crimson <laughs> Shroud. A, uh, some sort of a RPG uh, game that Jesse brought on the show a while back. So, uh, you know, good job, Jesse, getting your own game right. You are better, yeah. better than that at uh, better than Johnny in that uh, regard to this game. I'm sorry, I thought the theme was games that both Jesse and Johnny got zero points on. How did Jesse get zero points on his own game? Well, it's no, game it shows games from which... episodes oh, okay. in which okay. Jesse and Johnny both scored zero points. So yes, there are some scoring opportunities peppered throughout the the episode. Should uh, should you guys be able to remember your own music? Which I'm not really counting on in Johnny's case. I wouldn't be able to score a point on my own game also. Right. Yeah, technically you always get zero on your game. Oh, I'm sorry that we're bringing technicalities into it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this you is know, very technical stuff. On my David. on my scoring spreadsheet, you score the dreaded P by picking your own game. Um, <laughs> oh. so, Normally, I score the anyway. dreaded P about game two or three. <laughs> they call David the dreaded P. Uh, <laughs> so, Jesse, uh, congratulations, you got that one correct. So you get control of the boards. All right, let's see. Uh, mm. uh, let's fuck. You're tricking me, but I'm gonna do it. Let's just finish off handheld handfuls. 500. For 500. This game is considered more forgiving than other roguelikes, as the player only loses the items and currency on hand when they get a game over, and even that can be avoided by equipping a certain talisman.
All right, guys. Who is feeling great about handheld handfuls for 500? Johnny uh, has just added more and more to that penis. I, I think it's still a penis on screen. Jesse has drawn a penis. He avoids losing any points. Guys, of course, uh, this uh, this game is Izuna Legend of the Unemployed Ninja for the Nintendo DS. Oh, yeah. Oh. Right? Remember that Unemployed Ninja? I Her resume hasn't gone through yet, so I haven't seen it. <laughs> You're still waiting on the uh, still waiting on her to pass that uh, background check and the piss test. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're concerned about this gap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the resume went through. We just haven't heard back from the references yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they sound a lot like Izuna, but doing a different accent whenever we call. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe this woman doesn't have the qualifications we thought. It's weird. Um, we called and asked for the supervisor, and they responded, "Ugh." <laughs> If this, I may offer a, a, a brief uh, side story from my, uh, my day today working in HR, uh, we got an unusual email. You know, I'm not dis divulging anybody's information by saying this. We got an email from our piss test company saying that we needed to contact one of our applicants as soon as possible and tell them to call the piss testing company because there was an <laughs> issue with their test. I'm like, I'm sorry, can you guys not call her? Like, I don't want to freak weird. this poor person out. Like, <laughs> Why do we have to be the mediator here? Yeah, exactly. Just pick up the fucking phone. I don't want to call this person. Yeah, that's like, whole, hey, That's uh, the whole point <laughs> of not doing your own piss Testing. Exactly. If I wanted to call somebody about their piss, I would collect the piss and test it myself. <laughs> can you just? It, it was madness. Can you just imagine? It's like, yes, hello, is this John Doe? Um, please call Pisco at this number because right. they really need to speak to you. Why? You pick up the, I don't if know. If you pick up the phone, period. What? If you pick up the phone from a, a number that you don't know, that's crazy enough. And then you get me on the phone saying there's a problem with your piss? You even want the job after that? <laughs> like, I just I just called you to tell you that there's something wrong with your piss. Yeah. I'm sorry. Bad. <laughs> how much am I going to get charged for this? Yeah, exactly. So I'm sorry for calling you so late, okay? But I've been sampling everybody's piss, yeah. and I just had to tell you that there's something wrong with yeah. yours. Mm -hmm. But uh, I cannot elaborate beyond that. And see, really that's the funniest part, it. is that we get this email from the piss company saying, there's an issue with this piss, call this person. <laughs> I'm like, what, what do you? What, what do I tell them if they have any questions? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're bound to come up. <laughs> yeah, like, what kind of issue? Yeah. Is it like a medical thing? Or I don't know, you're going to have to call our piss processor. <laughs> Yeah. Turns out you're not supposed to eat asparagus it, it right before piss weird. test. I don't know. Yeah. Hello, this is the piss company. We're calling to let you know you are definitely on PCP at this very moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? I was oh. just peeling off all my flesh. <laughs> By the way, can we start a pee testing company called the Piss Company? <laughs> Johnny, get the website. Uh, while no. Jesse maintains control of the board, Jesse, where are we going? <laughs> Let's go with uh, maybe call it a comeback for 300. Maybe call it a comeback for 300. My goodness, Jesse, you are very good at sussing out these special spaces. That is Akuma's space. <laughs> Jesse, on maybe call it a comeback for 300, the Akuma space means, of course, that you can accept this question and take it on yourself for 300 points, or you can challenge Johnny to have to answer it for double the points or double the losses. No penises are in play on this space. Do you want the uh, do you want the space to yourself, or do you want to challenge Johnny? Give it to Johnny. Johnny, this is your now 600-point question. Maybe call to come back. This game's subtitle 
is a reference to the 12 years between this game's release and the previous game in the series. This game has a subtitle, but Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Johnny says Kingdom Hearts 3. He answers with utmost confidence. That game does not have a subtitle. Johnny, yeah, three, that's... three decades is how long it took to come out. Sadly incorrect. Johnny loses 300 points because the correct answer, Jesse, you appeared to know it. Do you know the answer? Yeah, it's, it's uh, the Crash Bandicoot game. It's about time. It's Crash, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Yeah. Uh, we all remember uh, Kingdom yep. Hearts colon 3. Yeah. You remember Kingdom Hearts 3 colon... Man, I can't believe this fucking game is actually coming out. <laughs> um, but yeah, Crash Bandicoot, the much more succinct. It's about time. Um, I almost went with the trivia. This game apparently has the most crates out of any uh, game in the Crash Bandicoot series. They've got something like 20,000 crates in this game. It's just... A, it seems like excessive number of crates. I don't like, know. Like, I realize that's like one of their, you know, te uh, collectibles from the series and all, but... That's just a weird sentence to like say. This game has the most crates. You know? <laughs> we, oh, we got mad crates. Uh, Mario Kart Eight. <laughs> yeah, we've been blast processing <laughs> these crates. <laughs> I just imagine the box art with a little sticker that says "Now with more crates, yeah. <laughs> featuring crates more and crates. Dante from Devil May Cry." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what's that? Uh, what's that fucking box-based puzzle game for the Game Boy? I box can't remember. Boy. Uh, yes, Tetris? exactly. Box Boy. Uh, now with more crates. <laughs> Uh, you know, great boy. Honestly, so. I would not be surprised if, like, Box Boy 4 came out with the tagline, now with more boxes. I mean, they should. You know, um, that's, uh, it, it's just marketing 101 for Box Boy. So anyway, that's, uh, that's, uh, gonna do it for Akuma Space. Sorry, Johnny, to see you lose out on those points. And before Jesse <sighs> susses out another special space, of course, it's time to take our first commercial break. This episode brought to you by Patreon. Thank you to our Patreon super fan tier backers. You can become one by visiting patreon.com slash game that tune. Also sponsored today. <laughs> also sponsored today is crates. Yeah. <laughs> Break them. There's thousands of them in Crash Bandicoot 4. <laughs> Ooh. 
All right, we're back. John Regan is a uh, computer programmer from Baltimore, Maryland. Johnny, uh, speaking to your computer programming, you've recently been uh, updating a lot of features there on radio.gamethatune.com. You want to tell everybody about the uh, new things that we have going on over there on the radio? Oh, yeah, we got a ton of new things now. Um, like... <laughs> it's all blurry, man. I, I'm always working on it. What, what, what's new? We banned uh, Nazis. We've, oh, well, we got rid of band music in general. All, That's all music. Game. We have the run the queue or run the game and mega queue oh. commands. You know, Johnny, tell me about it because I got to get my dog off the couch. So, yeah, we've got new uh, run the game and mega queue commands where an, an admin can specifically queue up a bunch of music for one game or a bunch of music matching any kind of search and then turn on game GTT mode where you can play game that tune at home on the radio. Uh, the radio will prompt you to guess the upcoming. Uh, song title or game title and you get points for guessing it and so yeah we've got new options for doing uh gtt games over on gtt radio at gtt.rocks hell yeah it's a lot of fun stuff going on over there radio.gamethatune.com gtt.rocks uh jesse is from jacksonville florida and jesse of course is the the game pass king of game that tune uh jesse what have you been playing lately on that fantastic service game pass um well, actually, I've, I haven't had Game Pass for the last couple of months. Oh, shit. Kind of, kind of broke, but uh, we should be able to turn it back on fairly soon. Yep. Um, we'll we'll turn it back on even sooner if people go to patreon.com slash game that tune. It's the home for awesome exclusives, and you get to pay for Jesse's Game Pass. That's uh, that's how you move people towards game towards Patreon. We probably people. shouldn't advertise it that specific way, but, you know. Honestly, I'll add a well, tier. No. If it gets people signing up and it, you know, gets uh, gets Jesse his Game Pass service back, I'll, I'll make it a specific reward. One person can claim the Jesse Sugar Daddy Game Pass fucking tier. Uh, you know, get a special how, title. How much or is Game Pass per month? It's Good, like uh, make that... like fifteen bucks, I think. Yeah. Right. So yeah, make like a sixteen dollar tier. <laughs> make one person can get it. Yep. That's the Game Pass. Guess the Jesse's Game Pass tier. If we're gonna add tier. like host specific tiers, we should have a Jesse sugar daddy game pass tier and then also like a david Lou drawing tier like i'll draw anything oh, that you please. want if you pay me so much per month yo you know but that's the thing man you you just give that away for free so uh yeah know. well i know i i gotta stop doing that <laughs> yeah, yeah that not, last no, one you drew was really fucking good i'm not gonna tell you how to fucking, do your business like that was one of the best drawings i've ever seen you do and you draw some really good stuff thank you jesse i appreciate that and real talk i kind of needed to hear that tonight Fantastic, fantastic. So, David, you're not participating in the show. I'm not, um, no. Uh, I'm I sorry, let me not, my book. There's not really any question for you uh, during this this break where we meet the contestants. Um, so, yeah, David, you just uh, keep quiet and sit there enjoying your book. Uh, I believe Jesse still has control of the board. Um, let's go with uh, maybe call it a comeback for 200. Maybe call it a comeback for 200. The main characters of this game are Max Force and Hit Man on a mission to apprehend Mr. Big.
right, guys. I assume you're feeling the uh, maximum force and feeling the hits, man. Yeah. Ooh, Johnny and Jesse both say narc, and they are both correct. Easy. Easy. Yes, congratulations, guys. Narc. Uh, of course, the arcade game. Uh, in which the you're. Arcade. Mm hmm. <laughs> Oh, we don't uh, have Johnny with his regular soundboard queued up. Da -da 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 oh no, we do. I'm just incompetent. <laughs> Quick, somebody clip that. So, uh, Johnny, you're the uh, you're the person that selected Narc for the episode in which we uh, use that game. Um, would you say it's accurate that you were attempting to apprehend anyone in this game? Um, I don't know. Like. I, I remember all I remember really about this game was that because I think I played the NES version on the show mm. and the whole thing that I thought was fascinating about this game was how they tried to remove all the drug references right. as they ported it to NES yeah. and the whole concept of a narc is that you're narcing people out on their drugs yep. like <laughs> so how, how do you do that yeah. uh, by killing them um, yeah. mostly yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, this game no it's uh, with seriously the character's name is Max Force He's killing drug dealers left and right, Johnny. <laughs> um, there's there's very little apprehending in this game. I, I think that, yeah, technically probably with the ending, you do apprehend the uh, the main villain, Mr. Big. Now, also, question, Johnny, is the Mr. Big in this game the same drug-dealing Mr. Big from Michael Jackson's Moonwalker? Absolutely not. No? <laughs> At no point does he walk onto the screen and yell, you, ha-ha, you'll never catch me, and make you fight a bunch of guys by dancing them to death. Nope, that never happens in this one. So uh, far inferior it was version. The immediateness of, yeah. of that answer, like, is this the same? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. mm -mm. No. no, I will not be doing a bit. <laughs> there's, uh, <laughs> there's no similarities. I don't appreciate this uh, being brought up. Um, <laughs> now, you know, Johnny, is this uh, this character in Narc? You know, since you're the one that selected and played this game originally, uh, is it similar to the character from Sex and the City? You know what? They might be actually. Yeah. <laughs> Because in the new Sex and the City reboot, his character like died of a massive heart attack on a heart attack on a Peloton, mm. uh, and I believe that if you were a big time drug dealer doing coke all the time, like yes, you would probably have a heart attack the moment you get on a, on a Peloton. That's true. Yeah, you really shouldn't do coke <laughs> and then Peloton. That's uh, it's right there on the Peloton in the warnings. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. Um, well, we figure out exactly which Mr. Big this is. Uh, good job, both of you guys. Jesse oh, maintains control of the board. Jesse, where are we going? Um, let's see. Maybe call it a comeback for 500. Maybe call it a comeback for 500. The game's protagonist is named Taro Nintin in promotional materials for the Nintendo Switch version of this game.
All right, were you guys able to figure out what game this is? Yeah. Oh, this mystery was indeed solved. This is Famicom Detective Club. And back on the board. Johnny's back in the positives, baby. Famicom Detective Club, colon, the girl who stands behind. Uh, that music, of course, was from that <laughs> Switch version. Um, what a what you a mean, game. You mean that wasn't from the Famicom? I mean, it's difficult to tell the difference sometimes. Am I right, David? <laughs> well, the Famicom could have, like, the cartridges with the different, like, switches and stuff in them, like the... Uh, Remember Castlevania 3? In mm -hmm. Japan, like, sounds way fucking... It sounds like that game, pretty yeah. much. And like a gimmick. The expansion yeah. audio mm -hmm. uh, within, in, in, in Castlevania 3 had the VRC6 sound chip in it. Yeah. Right. Did that Kid Icarus on the Famicom sounds much better than Kid Icarus on the NES. Mm. Um, that's because Kid Icarus on the NES uh, doesn't sound oh, very good. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, that's just, uh, that's just my take. Um, yes, Famicom Detective Club... Uh, David, you uh, have played this game? Uh, for the purposes of this episode, yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I only ask because you are, of course, the person that selected it for the episode in which I pulled these categories from. Um, I, wasn't, I was. I couldn't if, remember if, if you had actually played it. <laughs> I was, and if I recall, um, this was the episode about, like, I think specifically about comebacks. He's figuring out the category titles, people. Well, I mean, like... You can pull games that were comebacks from multiple episodes, but I believe we specifically had an episode about comebacks, and yeah, I think this is the game that I pulled for that particular episode. He's right. Man, David, you're good at this game. Yeah, yeah I am, and I gotta be honest, I'm looking at the scores, and I'm kind of disappointed. Like, I expected more out of y'all. Like, come on, some of these games were really easy to guess, and like... Johnny, I don't care how many middle fingers you give me. You know what? Like, fuck it. Let me show you how it's done. I'm in this game. John, uh -oh. I don't know if you can add a score <laughs> thing to it, but I'm going to compete now. I'm tired of sitting by the sidelines. David, can I ever add another player to this game? <laughs> what? Uh, David, this is, David's this is hopping in, sure. man. David is in the game. Uh, now the game has changed. David, if you win this game, Johnny and Jesse are both eliminated from August what? Absurdity. How absurd! I fully agree. So, uh, guys, you're going to really have to step your game up here in the back half of the game, because uh, David's coming for you. And when I say coming, talking about that <laughs> massive penis. Uh, so, David, by inserting himself into the game, does not gain control of the board. Jesse still has control of the board. Jesse, where are we going? <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> um, let's go with uh, zero is the magic number for... 300. Zero is the magic number. 300. This cute em up features three difficulty settings. Breezy, bumpy, and rough. So, so do I.
What a what a game we got here. David's looking confident with that answer, baby. Let's see it. Johnny says magical chase. Jesse says magical chase. David says fantasy zone. Johnny and Jesse are both correct. <laughs> magical chase for the TurboGrafx 16. What a game it is. Uh, does put, does uh, someone want to point out uh, real quick how fervently David joined <laughs> and was quickly quickly dispatched. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, you seem to be under the understanding that I will lose my position, which is not the case. So yeah, no, that, I can guess whatever I want. I was going to say, I guess oh, we can true. make it clear, David's position in August Absurdity is not on the line. Well, <laughs> um, no, of course, I didn't yeah. think he was. But, but uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> David, he also does not get eliminated for getting only one answer incorrect. There's uh, still a lot of game <laughs> left to play. <laughs> so, um, but yes, David, shame on you for not knowing uh, Magical Chase for the TurboGrafx-16. Uh, uh, of course, adorable cute em up Jesse, I believe you play as a tiny little witch girl in this game. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah. Uh, flies around on a broom and fight like big jack-o'-lanterns and other silly things. Yeah. So cute. It's dope. Gotta love it. Um, we all played on our TurboGrafx-16. There's just so much to say yeah. about Magical Chase. Uh, Jesse, which difficulty do you prefer to play that? Breeze? I, I did. I did misspeak. It's not breezy. It's breeze, bumpy, yeah. and rough. What's your uh, What's your preference there? I probably start with bumpy, mm -hmm. and then if it it's too hard, I'll go to breeze. That's the way to do it, man. I uh, I like any game that uses the words bumpy. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's just a just good a uh, good word, good descriptor. It needs to be in more things, especially as a. You know, way of describing the difficulty of a game. Like, you know, are we going to call it hard? Are we going to call it medium? No. But uh, the game's going to be a little bumpy. It's, uh, it's going to be good. So, yeah, bumpy I like, like, a, see, uh, like a hideous pumpkin I monster. <laughs> I like to see more um, games adopt like a dick based rating system. You got flaccid, you got hard, you got bumpy. Yes. <laughs> bumpy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I prefer to play on ribs for her pleasure. Right, yeah. I play on has a ward on it and you can feel it. Um, Mine is just <laughs> keeps coming. <laughs> I prefer to play on, oh God, please visit a doctor. Yeah, exactly. Erection lasting or, longer than four hours. <laughs> Where did it go? Company, yeah. uh, a boner you is can hunt with. This piss company no. please calls back. <laughs> Ants coming out. Ugh. As opposed to Johnny's preferred selection, um, is it in? <laughs> oh, oh, God damn. Hot take. Damn, just for the audacity of uh, <laughs> insinuating Johnny has a small penis, David has commandeered control of the board. David, where are we what? going, man? <laughs> you know, I'm very intrigued by this category. I'm going to choose Legendary Failures for 100. Legendary Failures for 100 points. This game's Switch release included a unique unlockable cape, sword, and gun, none of which are considered part of this game's canon.
All right, guys. I assume everybody's feeling fantastic. Feeling energetic. <laughs> Just Charged a up. Uh-oh. I'm seeing dicks. Johnny says dicks. Jesse has a dick with a custom sword and cape and a gun. And David, God, tell me you're pulling out your dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Please. it took me so long. <laughs> Here it comes. Who needs a porno site? Yeah. And David says unsighted. Sadly, incorrect. David's the only one that loses points. This is, of course, <laughs> Hyper Light Drifter. <laughs> um, man, yeah, Hyper Light Drifter. Guys, remember that game? That game that, uh, hold on, let me check my notes. David chose for the episode uh, that I pulled these uh, games from. Well, you know, the thing is, this game has, like, a very... Intense cyberpunk soundtrack, <laughs> similar to Jesse. Shut up! You're making me laugh. <laughs> similar to um, Unsighted, which Jesse selected, um, mm. and also yeah, I, I was gonna be mad if it was. I was like, that doesn't sound like that game. Damn. And also, I have a spot on the next episode. So, what the fuck does it matter what points I have or not? Put it all, put it all out there, baby. I'm glad you jumped in on this one. So yeah, Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, game in which you uh, wear a cape and use a cool laser sword and shoot stuff with a gun. I'm guessing then, David, that you didn't play it yet. You know, it's it's on my wish list. Yes, uh, Johnny, you uh, have you yet played Hyperlight Drifter? You you in on the drifter? I've never heard of this game in my life. That really? is a lie because it was already <laughs> brought up on the show. I was gonna say, mere months ago, this game was discussed for several minutes on an episode of Game That Tune, but okay, it's fine, Johnny. It, it, if that you want to tip your hand that, about how that little you're paying attention. I said this is Hyper Light Drifter and you checked out at height. Like, <laughs> Alright, fuck it, whatever. Uh, yeah, somebody say something about some high line? No. Um... But yeah, uh, cool game, cool art style, cool uh, you know kind of kind of vibe. I like the uh, uh, I like how moody and oppressive the soundtrack is. Anyway, yeah, let's just move on. David, you've uh, sacrificed your right to the board. It's back to Jesse. Jesse, where are we going? Let's go to uh, with fans like these for two hundred. With fans like these for two hundred. The on-screen control instructions will change depending on what system this game is played on, including unique graphics for the Game Boy, Super Game Boy, and Game Boy Color. this game I will god I know this too I but will be in just a moment mm -hmm. drive me a little crazy huh cannot place this plus why would the control structures change for Game Boy Color it has the same buttons as a Game Boy well 
the on-screen depiction of the uh, uh. yeah they, they look differently. It's it's really a kind of cool feature. Johnny's got touching penises, uh, very touching, very sad, very wrong. Um, Jesse has drawn three different uh, illustrations of a penis on various Game Boy systems. Uh, still incorrect. And David says Game and Watch Gallery Two. David is of course in this instance correct. Game & Watch Gallery 2 for the Game Boy Color. A game in which you can play various Game & Watch games, and also, if you play it on different systems, the little uh, instructions that show up on your screen telling you what each thing does, uh, the bottom half of the screen will be shaped like an original brick Game Boy, or a Game Boy Color, or a Super Nintendo controller. Um, I don't know how or why they programmed that to happen, but I think it's very fun and clever. I mean, they do That's that pretty cool. with the Game & Watch Gallery games, like... It, they could have just had the original, like, Game & Watch graphics, but instead they had versions with weird Mario versions. And, yes. like, I don't know why they decided to upgrade the sprites, but not the animations, because it's, like, still Mario chucking balls in four frames, and that's it. But mm -hmm. you know what? More props to them. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's a nice little update yeah. of the Game & Watch games. I think there were, like, Yoshis and stuff in this one. You know, maybe Peach got in the action. I, you know, I, I don't have in front of me the... Uh, the mini games of Game and Watch Gallery too, but uh, I feel it, like it was Game and Watch Gallery Four, which I think was on the GBA, where you could like do the boxing game where you're beating up Waluigi. Right, that's uh, God, a dream game right there. That's a lot of dreams right there. Yeah. So have they like why don't they take um, Game Watch mini games and integrate them into like a Mario Party style game? They do. Mario it's Party just called Mario Party. Right, right, but with but with the Game Watch games like Octopus Catch, whatever that one was, or the you know saving people from burning building. I would imagine they're just difficult to implement on a four-player scale. Uh, you know, I don't know, mm. like they sh they could just do it where the screen splits in four and everybody plays their own individual game and watches to see who can you know win the games. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Or You'd have to either adapt the game to be a four-player game or just have people competing head-to-head -head in classic little game and watch games. Both are honestly good options. <laughs> Yeah, no, it could be just, like, try to catch most sausages. That does kind of yeah. feel like a... Johnny always wins that one, baby. <laughs> that does kind of feel like a cool 3v1 Mario Party game, where it's just, like, one person is the octopus, and right. the other three are, like, trying to steal treasure. No, that, I mean, that is a good idea. One player always gets to, you know, uh, be the one doing things. Like, if you're parachute, you're pressing the button to throw the different, you know, little things at various lengths, and the other guys have to catch them. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, I did pull it up. The list of games in this is Parachute, Helmet, Chef, Vermin, Donkey Kong, and Ball. You know, what a game. <laughs> ball. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, what was that last game? Uh, it was Ball. <laughs> Yeah, like the Cinderella ballroom dancing simulator, right? Uh, not yes, exactly. Yes, Johnny, it, exactly. It's a it's a juggling simulator. It's even less cool than the thing you said. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, great job, David, getting it correct. David has received control of the board. David, where are we going? I'm going to go with zero is the magic number for 400. Zero is the magic number for 400. This game's Japanese title translates to Discovering the Meaning of Life RPG.
right, guys. Did you uh, discover the meaning of life in uh, guessing this game? No, I did not. We'll see some answers. Whoa! Johnny drew a lot of penises. Uh, sadly, that's not correct. David has also drawn a penis, sadly incorrect. And Jesse says, Tales of Abyss. I'll take it. It's Tales of the Abyss for the PlayStation 2. Jesse jumping out to a commanding lead. Fantastic job, Jesse. Um, Jesse, were you aware that the Tales games have completely different and crazy, like, I don't know, just kind of unusual titles in Japan? I had no idea until this moment. I thought they were just always Tales. That's, That's what they're wild. called here in America. Would you like me to do a rundown of the Tales games and what their I, titles are in Japan? I would Please love do that. Lightning <laughs> <laughs> round. Listen, I I came so close to programming a lightning round, but we were already doing a Jeopardy game, and it just felt like yeah. a hat on a hat. Um, That's also, our specialty. <laughs> yeah, it's Hattress, the Hattress space. Um, but no, uh, so Tales of uh, Tales of the Abyss. Uh, as part of the Tales series, and in the Tales games, they have a, quote, characteristic genre, a, a label that labels the games as role-playing games and illustrates a particular plot theme or noteworthy aspect of the games. So I'll just run down this list real quick. Tales of Fantasia, or as it's called in Japan, Legendary RPG. Tales what? of Tales of Destiny, RPG known as Fate, or Fateful RPG. Tales of, uh, let's see, hold on, sorry, it's, uh, Tales of Fantasia Narikiri Dungeon X for the PSP, Facing the Truth RPG. Tales of Eternia, Eternity and Bonds RPG. Tales of Destiny 2, Liberating Fate RPG. Tales of Symphonia, Resonating With You RPG. Tales Facing of- the Truth <laughs> sounds like a good subtitle for like a Phoenix Wright game. Yes, you know, that's a good one. Tales of Rebirth, Where You Will Be Reborn RPG. Tales of Legendia, Where Bonds Spin Legends RPG. Here's where they got kind of uh, fun and out there. Tales of Commons, Walk Alongside a Changing World and Trusting Your Thoughts RPG. Tales, never. Of- Tales of the Abyss, Discovering the Meaning of Life RPG. Tales of Warheight, Finding the Meaning of Living RPG. Tales of Tempest to Awaken the Soul RPG. Tales of Innocence Connecting Thoughts RPG. Tales of Symphonia Dawn of the New World to Believe in the Resonating Hearts RPG. Tales of Vesperia Enforcing One's Justice RPG. Mm. Uh, Tales of Hearts A Meeting Between Hearts RPG. That one not very uh, not very different. Uh, Tales of Hearts are a new meeting between hearts RPG. Not so great. <laughs> uh, Tales of Graces, discovering the strength to protect RPG. Tales of Exilia, RPG of unwavering conviction. That's dope. Uh, Tales of Exilia 2, choices that oh. spin the future RPG. Tales of Zesteria, passion that illuminates the world RPG. Tales of Berseria, RPG of discovering your reason to live. <laughs> uh, tale, tales of Arise, telling the dawn of the heart RPG. And of course, Tales of Luminaria, 21 ways of life intersecting RPG. I'd like, I'd oh. like to say, <laughs> I'd like to say that typically Japan is, you know, knocks stuff out of the park, has great ideas. But I think this time, a little literal the, United, the United States 
can say that we're the clear winners here. We're I just mean, like I've always been that. down on the the whole tales of concept, but after just you know reading all those kind of somewhat literal uh, you know game titles, I kind of kind of think tales is actually a somewhat graceful naming convention. I don't know. So, and you John, what was, the, what was the title of that last one? Oh, uh, twenty one. Uh, sorry, it was twenty one something. Twenty one pilots. Twenty one ways of life intersecting RPG. <laughs> Okay, so that sounds like they're hoping to get that Pulp Fiction license, but didn't yes. get it the last minute. God. <laughs> I mean, you know, can you imagine Pulp Fiction if it had 21 plots? Like, it's just too many plots. <laughs> like, yeah. like you so go many to your watches friends. up so many butts. <laughs> you go to your friends, and you're like, yo, I've been playing the Tales games. Oh, cool. Or, hey, I've been playing, and then they all walk away from you because you're saying a bunch of weird shit that yeah. they don't care about <laughs> hey hold on mate I, I was waiting for a 21 lives to intersect oh never mind um, but yeah so uh, Tales of the Abyss PlayStation 2 uh, a fantastic game fantastic tunes from a uh, as it turns out uh, yeah, again I, I rescind my criticism of the series naming convention the, the names are better here in America so uh, the Tales games are better Jesse's got control of the board Jesse where are we going uh, let's go to uh, legendary failures for 300. Uh, legendary failures for 300. In the Japanese commercial for this game, the main character is described as perhaps the weakest hero in RPG history. guys are you feeling like the weakest characters in rpg history or are you feeling strong on this one? Oh man david's got some kind of wizardly dick he's uh, sadly incorrect jesse's got uh, somewhat regular dick sadly incorrect and johnny says lost kingdoms which is correct <laughs> I'm kind of confused how you would assume it was a wizardly dick, considering it had a sword and shield. Like, that's oh. very unwizardly. 
Listen, man, I got I got the whole screen minimized. I, I thought it was maybe like a pointy <laughs> Gandalf hat or something. Fair enough. Uh, you know, maybe maybe just leave off the finer details or send them in the chat <laughs> later. But uh, yeah, everyone's very tiny on this game right now. Yeah, man. The, you know, the the star of the game right now is the is the game board and Lost Kingdoms, the you know legendary game. Um, what a uh, what a game this Lost Kingdoms. Uh, obviously, we uh, I brought this as part of our uh, you know homage episode to the Legend of Zelda. And then in talking about it, realized it was a card battle game and removed it from the episode. But it's it's nice. This episode, not only about Johnny and Jesse's redemption, it's about the redemption of Lost Kingdoms. And Katya, perhaps the weakest hero in RPG history. I was just, you know, like, man. Uh, I'm just going to say ouch for uh, Katya from Lost Kingdoms. What the fuck, man? Like, what a weird advertising campaign yeah. there. I mean, are they really the weakest hero in RPG history? Considering there's a series of RPGs based upon the Dragon Quest line, like, I feel like a, an enemy with four hit points is maybe the weakest hero. Well, but then you put them in a big tank shape like themselves, and, you know, the game changes a little bit. Kind of like in Lost Kingdoms, how I'm assuming the, the pitch behind this was, you know, this, uh, this chick, she's kind of weak, but she can control all the magic cards, and therefore she is strong. Which still remains a pretty fucked up way to market this game. <laughs> I was imagining how you could apply this tactic to other games, like Super Mario Brothers, perhaps the worst plumber in <laughs> history. But he does still go down the pipes, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I you know, trying cool. to think like you know, okay, so take take a character that has a unique trait and then neg them completely about <laughs> everything but that unique trait. Like, I mean, she can control the cards the... and summon monsters into battle. It's like, yeah, but she's pretty pretty weak. It's like, yeah, but she can control monsters in battle using cards. Okay. I, <laughs> he can run fast, and he's blue, but most hedgehogs are slow and brown. I, I take issue with your statement, Johnny, because, like, yeah, Mario might be the worst runner because he's busy saving an entire fucking kingdom. Like, True. cut the man some slack. Okay. Right. okay, so listen, man. Your toilet's on the fritz. It's fucking clogged, and you've, you've plunged it, and it's just not working. And you call Plumber, and he's like, I'd love to get out to you today, but I gotta go save a princess. That's not, you would not be happy with that. Like I don't think that's terrible plumber. The Better Business Bureau. Okay, yeah. again, I just want to say it's like, hey, I need you to come out to fix my sink. Oh, I really can't today. I'll have to get there tomorrow. I'm busy fighting a turtle dragon. Like, like you know what? what? I'm gonna give that yeah. guy the the benefit of the doubt here. No, that's concerning. Oh. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. The, whatever the plumber version of being disbarred is, that's what's <laughs> going to happen to that man. Flushed. I believe it's displundered. <laughs> it's flushed. It's flushed. Uh, flushed, flushed away. I, I would like to see oh, Mario Amiga. taking a taking a I call. Guess I'll like, be a doctor now. <laughs> right as uh, right as Mario's approaching Bowser, he gets a call from somebody who like you know their toilet's just overflowing with shit. It's like, hey, you know, listen, I, I can't. I'm I'm fighting a fucking you know mythical turtle monster in this castle. It's like, okay, well, can you recommend me somebody that will come out to my house and fix my toilet? Like Wario. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be real honest right now. I'm a little too busy to deal with your shit. Mm -hmm. It's gonna cost you an arm and a leg, but I got a guy. You know, that, it's, that it's funny, funny that we job. bring this up because my landlord was just talking about trying to schedule a plumber to fix our, like, shower pipes and whatnot. It's like, Are they full of I shit? can't get anybody for, like, two, three weeks. Like, yeah, because they're all fighting turtle dragons. That like, must be it. I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a thing in Chicago. A lot of a lot of Bowser attacks. <laughs> it's uh, you know people forget that after the big Chicago fire, they rebuilt the game using SimCity. So anyway, um, <laughs> well, I mean, what do you Johnny... think caused the Chicago fire? Bowser. Exactly. 
Yeah. Johnny has uh, received control of the board for surprisingly getting a correct answer. Johnny, where are we going? With fans like these for 100, With please. With fans like these for 100. With five re-releases, this game has been re-released more than any other game in this series. guys who's feeling great i'm oh, feeling very good 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 wow johnny filled the card with <laughs> penises this time jesse uh, also drew a penis and david drew a penis shredding on a flying v guitar uh, yeah i almost want to give you guys all points but i simply cannot because this game is of course guilty gear xx for the playstation 2 guys come on those guitars and when I say come on those guitars, I mean come on those guitars. I'm working on it. it yeah. Takes, you know, it takes I'm looking right at you, Jesse. Don't break your, <gasps> don't break your concentration. Years, man. It's going a minute. Yeah. I know this never happens to you. So, uh, Guilty Gear <laughs> XX. Six here, John. Uh, obviously, it's been released five. Uh, with It's had five re-releases. Those uh, re-releases, of course, are Guilty Gear XX hashtag reload. Guilty Gear XX slash. Guilty Gear XX accent core. Guilty Gear XX accent core plus and Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R. Um, people really like this game. I'll give or you a, the makers of the game really think people really like this game. I'll give you a Guilty Gear XX Reload. Accent Core Plus. Give me um, like an hour. Yeah. Let me take a nap first. <laughs> I, can't even, uh, I can't even get a hard on without an Accent Core Plus anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Guilty Gear XX for the PS2. Um, a uh, fantastic fan request. Uh, you know, shit, I forgot I was supposed to be citing these fan requests, of course. Um, this uh, this fantastic fan request came to us from... Oh, a friend of the show, Pat Perkins, at Heel Perkins on Twitter. Uh, fantastic request from our boy Pat. He's been on the show before. He's great. And this game, it's great. It's, uh, it's wild-ass Guilty Gear shit. And uh, we're gonna kick it into high gear here to get this show in under the you know in the right amount of time. So let's see who uh, who gets control of the board. It's going back to Jesse. Let's go with uh, legendary failures for two hundred. Legendary failures for two hundred. In the Genesis version of this game, the player is seeking to challenge the title character. While in the Sega CD version, you play 
as the title character. this episode now if anybody gets this uh gets this one wrong no i'm not i'm, I'm kidding but let's see uh, let's see what you guys said yeah okay good <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh shit oh shit i fucked up yeah you did so uh <laughs> jesse drew Johnny, a penis. we haven't used that game <laughs> drew a penis with penises for balls he's wrong johnny says bram stoker's dracula which loses him points and david has the correct I... answer this is of course minnesota fats pool legend for the second oh, genesis that guy. this game still makes me mad <laughs> what come on man this is one of the most legendary selections in the history of the show oh god rack him up He's a fucking legend, David. I don't know what your problem is. I forgot this had a Sega CD version. I remember Genesis and Saturn. Yep. Nope. Or am so, I mistaken? It's uh, it's Genesis and CD. It's not Saturn. Ah. Because, yeah, the uh, Sega CD version is the same game as the Genesis, but with FMV cutscenes of fats interacting with various pool hustlers yeah. around the country. Those must be great. Oh, I mean, we really should just do them for movie night. <laughs> yeah. Just superb, uh, these fucking cutscenes. And, of course... It, it, I was devastated to learn the uh, the person in the Sega CD uh, FMV cutscenes playing Minnesota Fats is not, not Minnesota Jack Fats. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not Rudolph Wanderone, the actual uh, Minnesota oh. Fats. Well, who is it? It's just some fucking guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they just hired some fucking you know, uh, like they hired the old man from fucking Pawn Stars to come in and be uh, oh. be, be an old fat guy and you know talk about hustling people in pool. And then they hired a bunch of the the programmers to the game to dress like they play pool and you know decorate a room several times and that was uh, that was the game. <laughs> it was uh... so it's like Animal Crossing. I'm saying like you know I I don't think their budget was very high on the Sega CD version of Minnesota Fats Pool Legend so they just kind of it's like all right yeah this uh, this one room is our pool room and we're gonna need to make it look like Las Vegas and this oh, right. place and this like you know we're gonna have to rearrange this room and reshoot it several times so everybody uh everybody try to seem like this is a unique location but uh yeah Minnesota Fats Pool Legend still a legend still uh. Uh, one of my prides for bringing this game on the show. <laughs> like, what a fucking pick. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a hell of a game. Minnesota fans, hell of a guy. Uh, 
uh, another thing I'm proud of, when I edited the uh, Wikipedia page for this man, you know, Rudolph Wanderone, a.k.a. Minnesota Fats, uh, I, I, I looked at this man's Wikipedia page, and he was not called Fats nearly enough. And uh, <laughs> so I, I did a control F and replaced his last name with Fats in every possible instance <laughs> after he adopted the nickname Fats, and no one has gone back to change it yet. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, when you go to Wikipedia and you want to read about the pool hustler, Rudolph Wanderone, a.k.a. Minnesota Fats, the word Fats appears about 87 times. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work there. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah I love it. Uh, uh, Wikipedia is the best, and so is Minnesota Fats. So uh, David has control of the board, and uh, David, where are we going? You know what? Um... Johnny's got 800 points. Jesse has 1,800 points. Let's give these guys a chance and go with zero is the magic number for 100. Zero is the magic number for 100. Satoru Iwata said that comparisons between a new character introduced in this game and the new Super Mario Brothers character, Nabbit, were, quote, an unintentional coincidence. I see so many confused faces. Let's uh, let's see those answers. Uh, wow, we've got, uh, I think, our first hat trick of the night. Everybody says The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, and they are all correct. Fantastic. Uh, no bonus points at stake. David, who, was, uh, who were people comparing to uh, Nabbit? I believe his name was Ravio or Ravi. It's, it's Ravio, yes. Ravio, yes. He was one of my favorite characters in Hyrule Warriors Legends on the 3DS because you got to use multiple weapons. Like mm. his main weapon was a hammer, but you could also bust out the um, boomerang to cause a tornado, an ice rod, as well as like the bomb arrows. Mm. He was a lot of fun cool. to use. The more you talk about it, the more it sounds like Nabbit. No, see, it was a completely original character, OC Do Not Steal, right. and like any relation to Nabbit is an unintentional coincidence. I was going to say, you know, do you want to run down, you know, as, a, as an expert on both Super Mario Brothers and uh, Legend of Zelda, give us a, go ahead and give us five ways in which Nabbit and Ravio could be confused for one another. So, they both used purple, they both had rabbit ears, mm -hmm. um... Nabbit stole things, and Ravio was greedy and hoarded things. Mm. Um, 
Nabbit was in the Mushroom Kingdom and Ravio was in Low Rule. Fuck no. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> we're, the, we're losing the thread already. <laughs> they both had masks. I'll give it to you. And they both were in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I'm sure, somehow. They yeah. both like uh, money. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, you know, uh, the money thing is uh, is probably the big one. Because, yeah, Ravio would sell you your items, Nabbit would steal your money. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I like Iwata, just, you know, poor Iwata, you know, doing, like, press tours for these uh, these games and also dying of severe cancer and just being like, no, the rabbit characters, it's, I don't know, it turns out Nintendo programmers just like purple rabbits, guys. They're not the same. I don't have time to answer this. Yeah, it's, uh... No, no, no. But they're both great games in their own right. Not the same, though. Um, rest in peace, Iwata. We miss you every day. Uh, Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds, pretty fantastic game. I would love to see it uh, in some way remade or re-released. I, uh, I really like that game. like revisiting the SNES world in a, uh, a little bit new and a little bit ugly 3DS style. And I like to change up to the formula. It's good. Yeah. Like turned into a little drawing on the wall. Yeah, I, I figure that's why David likes the game so much because you can draw things on walls, right? Uh, yeah. David famously a graffiti artist. Now that I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah so, David C. Tagging. Right. And uh, you know, David more than that loves control of the board. David, you've still got control. Where are we going? You know what? Again, I want to give these guys a chance. Let's go with maybe call it a comeback. One hundred. Maybe call it a comeback for one hundred. This game features many new features, but recycles voice clips from at least seven other games. guys let's see this fantastic answer oh my goodness johnny drew every dick everywhere jesse drew thickest dick and uh david says mario and sonic at the olympic games tokyo 2020 david sadly that's incorrect this is of course mario golf super rush for the switch you fool oh is this the one that added getty lee it is there's a uh, you know some serious uh serious prog rock action going on in mario golf super rush is this the one founded by 
like the Saudi Arabian government, you know, the <laughs> post bunch of Mario characters out of Mario Golf. Damn, dude, I, I really like Jesse's Rush reference more than your fucking Saudi Golf League reference. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Wario and Waluigi, they took a lot of Saudi money to come play golf for them <laughs> instead of for the Mushroom Kingdom, you know, the Toadstool Tour. <laughs> that is a weird thing. I heard about that recently. Oh, man, I mean... As a oh, guy that roughly. somewhat likes golf, like it's kind of wild to see what's going on with the fucking golf, man. Fucking turns out, now yeah, it colored me surprised. These uh, these rich white men really don't care where their money comes from. What? Yeah. So let what? Let me ask the question that gets us back on topic. Um, this is the Mario Golf game that features Charge and Chuck as a character, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, and he's got the most idiotic power shot possible in which he picks up the golf ball and throws it, which is simply not legal in golf. <laughs> Charging Chuck with his football helmet and football pads, famous for being a golf player. Yes. Uh, he's basically the Charles Barkley of Mario Golf. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which you know, is not a football player either. But You know, somehow that comparison makes no sense, but also all of the sense. I was trying to yeah. think of the fattest crossover athlete possible and uh, came up with Charles Barkley. Not Butterbean? <laughs> or Refrigerator well, Perry? Well, they don't play golf. That's Nick Charles Barkley. <laughs> like, he Minnesota showed... Fats? Well, okay, yeah. It, you know, rest in peace. But, like, Charles Barkley is, like, the guy that shows up at, like, celebrity invitational tournaments and yeah. just fucking sucks at golf and, like, boasts about how he's good. And then, like, you know, actual celebrities who are okay at golf and you know, less fat than he is. They're like, man, you know, you're really bad at this, but okay, you know, go off, man. We'll have fun. We'll beef with each other on Twitter a little bit. Uh, we're, you know, none of us are going to go play for the Saudis. Uh, yeah, at least we got that. Um, <laughs> Can I yeah. that game Barkley shut up in golf? Dude, they should have made it by now, quite frankly. Oh. You know, fucking, you know, shut up in skins game, the fucking Charles Barkley head-to-head golf game. I'd, uh, I'd love to see it, but nope, Mario Golf Super Rush. Uh, that would be a hole-in-one. Yeah, it would. You know, if only Barkley could fit in it. Boom, another fat <laughs> joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> More like a hole in five. Ew. <laughs> um, yeah, Mario Golf Super Rush is fun, and uh, apparently they somewhat lazily just grabbed all the old voice clips from the previous games and recycled them for this, but I kind of don't mind it because they added uh, some fun new courses and things like that. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty fun little game, and you know we're going to keep it moving. Nobody got it right. Which means Johnny gets control of the board. All right, legendary failures 500. Oh my God, Johnny! Legendary failures for 500. Johnny, you've done it. You have found the daily double. Johnny, you get Ooh. to uh, wager some points. You've got 900 points at your disposal. You get to make a wager, and uh, yeah, you know, how much would you like to wager on legendary failures? 900, please. Johnny's wagering all 900 points on this Daily Double. This game features many references to classic games, including pages of a fully illustrated manual for the game as an in-game collectible.
right, let's see it. Johnny, have you made a fantastic wager? He made a true daily double, and he says tunic. Johnny is correct. <laughs> wow, we Johnny. Uh, just what a uh. Whoever sent him an answer can fuck off. What are you talking? <laughs> what a huge move he just made. <laughs> I'm sure that he googled collectible game manual pages or some shit, but it doesn't matter. The, the important thing is he made a game of it, baby. Um, wow, Tunic. What a game. This is... A game in which it's The Legend of Zelda, but you play it as a cute little fox. That's what this game is, right, Jesse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I've played it. It's good, right? No, it's real good. This is the game where you're like spicing various foods to like enhance their flavor and no I'm thinking of turmeric I'm sorry ah yeah. okay <laughs> I wasn't sure where you really going I was like uh, you mean cumin <laughs> um, but yeah um, no it's uh, it's not a uh, not a mixture of uh, turmeric and uh, whatever the other uh, panic uh, whatever the other word might be um no, it's Tunic. It's a game in which you're playing Legend of Zelda game as Kulo Fox, and you get to collect uh, manual pages for the game. That, that's a that's a really weird meta little thing to include in the game, Jesse. Uh, did you? Uh, it's real. It's real cool. Like so. Like, do it, you not it, know how to play the game until you collect the manual pages? Well, there's a lot of like just kind of figuring out what stuff does. Like you just yes. you know you get thrown in to the game. You wash up on the beach, and then like you can. I I didn't find a sword for the longest time. I had a shield. I didn't have a sword. I had to figure out how to do stuff without a sword. And then I found a sword, which if I just turned left instead of right near the beginning, I would have found it. But like uh. the game, the game builds itself with like you can you know maybe you don't have what you need. You can still probably solve the puzzle. And then like you'll find these like cool uh, pieces from the instruction guide, and they look like the instruction guide from the legend of zelda on nes yeah and like it's real cool and then you'll see a page maybe like page 13 and you're like oh well according to this if i stand on this thing and press this button then this thing will happen and i had no idea that was the case until i found this that's cool and uh it's it's pretty neat game one thing i'll say for uh as you know difficult as the original legend of zelda was for you know pretty much anybody that played back in the day they didn't really give you much chance to venture out into the world without first grabbing the sword. It was right there in that cave on the first screen. Yeah. I appreciate them doing that. <laughs> like, you could venture out without the sword, but it, it's pretty tough to not go into that thing first. Like, it's, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that. But, man, Johnny, uh, fantastic job uh, choosing Tunic, a game that obviously you uh, you know about and can definitely play. Uh, it's available on systems that you definitely play games on. I think uh, you know we're all you know clamoring for a Johnny Tunic run. Um, Ooh, I give you that. I think you should. But in the meantime, Johnny, you've retained control of the board, and you get to uh, choose our next category. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, zero is a magic number for five hundred. Zero is the magic number for five hundred. I should say that all the bonus spaces are off the board, so we can just start marathoning through these. No, uh, no crazy point scoring chances at stake. A circled hexagram seen at the end of each stage in the Japanese version was removed, uh, also removed, I should delete that from the trivia, possibly due to Nintendo of America's policy of not allowing religious content in video games.
What a quick song. What a crazy game. David looks supremely confident. The other guy's still writing. If it's what I think it is, I better be confident. I hope so. Johnny drew a dick inside of a crystal with a frowny face? Um, it's like a hexagon. It's a hexagon, not a hexagram. Uh, oh, god damn it. <laughs> Jesse drew a, a fucking dick with two pentagrams for balls. And David has the correct answer. This is the Cryon Conquest. Fuck yeah. Yes. This game is so unappreciated. Of Hexagons. course. Uh, yeah. It's, I think, only appreciated by David at this point. Um, you know, a maybe... A Mega Man ripoff starring a little witch girl? It's, yeah, it's Mega Man oh. with a witch girl. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you remember okay. it, Jesse? Now I do. Yeah, from that episode where we uh, talked about magic games? Yeah. Did I say, maybe you remember it because it was the first time you ever heard of this game? Yeah, yeah. that was the first time I heard of it. Mm -hmm. David, what was the name of the girl in this game? Uh, that is an excellent question. Um, see, the funny <laughs> thing is, originally, her name was supposed to be, like, Dorothy, um, or Dorothy, because she was, it was supposed to be, like, a Wizard of Oz game, but outside of Japan, her yes. name was Francesca. Ah, okay. Yeah, see, I only remembered the Dorothy part. I thought that was really funny. Like, they, they were developing a Wizard of Oz Mega Man ripoff, and then they had to abandon that. It's like, oh, shit. Um, well, let's just work with what we got here, I guess. <laughs> we're gonna do, let's call it the Cryon Conquest. That name doesn't mean anything. Nobody can be a, you know, nobody can sue us over that, right? Wizard of Oz becomes the Cryon Conquest, of course. Um, a fantastic game. That's definitely, uh, definitely not a Mega Man ripoff, right, David? No, not at all. It's a wholly original game where you go through linear platform stages using magical spells that grant you different abilities that have their own limited, like, amount of power. Right. Totally unique to Mega Man. Completely un uh, complete to the Wait. Cryon, or unique to the Cryon Conquest, not Mega Man. <laughs> You know, you, uh, you can't even get out a defense of this game. Fantastic. So, David, you get control of the board because, you know, man, I'm glad that you were here to answer the game that you chose for that episode. Only five questions left. Uh, let's, uh, let's go somewhere. What do we got, David? Uh, I think we're going to go with fans like these for 300. Fans like these for 300. During the first mission, one of the supporting characters will turn on the television, showing a certain 8-bit character running on screen, accompanied by one of the original series' signature jingles. What a tune. 
I see confident faces. <laughs> Jesse, or sorry, Johnny, still has that dick inside of a hexagon. This time he says, fuck! Um, Jesse has a dick turning on the TV to see another dick, and David's got a running dick? An it's dick. a running 8-bit dick. It's a, it's yeah, a running pixel dick. Son of a bitch. Okay, well, uh, nobody got it right, but nobody loses any points. This is, of course, The Misadventures of Tronbon for the PlayStation 1. Oh. Game right. 5. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like that, Jenny? <laughs> we haven't heard from Dame That Tune all episode. Now she's rushing us. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's a uh, misadventure Tronbot. Of course, in that first mission, one of the serve bots will turn on the TV, and you can see a little 8-bit Mega Man running, and it plays the. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, a little uh, little classic Mega Man reference. In this uh, unusual Mega Man Legends spinoff, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like you a real-time strategy game. Sure, why not? It's yeah. kind of like Pikmin, which that makes is sense. kind of a real-time strategy game. Yeah, 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 no, vaguely no, real time strategy. Say you're wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly think this should make a comeback, man. If it weren't for the fact that these characters were lost to twenty some odd years ago, I think these characters are sweet. And Tronbon, she's yeah. fucking, she's a, she's a fun like anti-hero slash villain, and I love those serve bots. So yeah, they, they were the proto minions. Right, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, fuck the rabbits. Oh my god, serve bots were the real original minions. I don't know that I like that comparison just because it makes Servbots comparable to something I don't like. Like, I would prefer to think of Servbots as Lego people than minions. I'm just so saying. Like, did the Servbots work for Hitler? Whoa. That's Probably. all I can think of now. Because the question of did the minions work for Hitler? Well, no, they were frozen. They were frozen. That's, that's addressed oh. in one of the minion movies. Jesus oh. Christ, is it really? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, and the servbots are on another planet. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm upset that any minion movie apparently had to address whether or not the minions ever had to work for Hitler. I'm, I'm upset that there had to be a writer's room meeting about how to avoid the question of whether or not the minions worked for Adolf Hitler. Well, so, they, like, no, 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 like, not Adolf Hitler. Like, Rudolf Hitler. Oh, okay. okay, right, yeah, alternate Hitler. Um, yeah, Rudolf the Red-Nosed Hitler. Fat Hitler. Yeah, Fat you know, Hitler. That, the Fred Hitler. Um, Fred Hitler. <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> shit, man. Uh, uh, you're trying to remember who picked that last category. Uh, you know, David, He uh, David's going to have control of the board. I don't know what you guys' apprehension is towards the number 400, but we got four questions left, so David, pick something. Uh, zero is the magic number for 200. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You. Zero is the magic number for 200. This game introduced all new playable characters, including Kronos Late, Kane Grinder, Sarah Barn, and Brood Cragger.
right, you brood crackers. Let's see who's got the right answer. I'm Kronos. Oh, Johnny's Kronos late. Because he says Golden Axe 3. Jesse is Kane Grinder because he also says Golden Axe 3. And David is, of course, the legendary Sarah Barn because he says Golden Axe 3. This is Golden Axe 3. <laughs> So wait, hold up. Both Johnny and Jesse didn't guess Golden Axe 3 the first time around? No, they did not. <laughs> I'm very ashamed of both of you. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I don't know what's been going on on this show, guys, but like, I was shocked to see some of these answers like, Johnny didn't get that? Jesse also didn't get that? Golden Axe 3? Like, really? Okay. It's kind of meh. I mean, yes. Yeah. And yet, you know, well, one, actually, I guess in this case, Johnny picked the game. Um, but Jesse did get it wrong. And, you know, I, I could see that Jesse might get it wrong. Because, like, you know, had we had we outgrown Golden Axe by this point, maybe? Yes. Yeah. And then you see that they replaced uh, the characters. Like, all, you know, literally all the characters are gone. No Gilius. Where's Axe Battler? Well, now you get Kane Grinder, uh, who, of course, makes rum in uh, fucking, you know, the Caribbean, Jesse. Fucking, oh. you know, they they call him Sugar. Sugar Cane Grinder. Oh, okay. Uh, For a second, I thought you were actually talking about Golden Axe 3 lore. Because if there was, like, a fucking ripped dude with a sword who was also a drunk rum runner, I would play yeah. the fuck out of that character. <laughs> Sold. There's a shred, shredded Haitian guy named Cane Grinder. Like, <laughs> right, cool. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. Uh, then you, of course you got Chronos late and Sarah Barn. I, I I can't think of a less exciting action heroine name than Sarah Barn. No, like yeah, it's anticlimactic. That I mean, yeah. that, you know, <laughs> like yeah, you know, Sarah is not in and of itself a bad name because I love me some Sarah Connor, but Sarah Barn. Are you, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Are you sure that her name is Sarah Barn? Because I'm looking at um, a wiki, and it says her name is Sarah Byrne. Neither is very good. Uh-oh. But also, I'm laughing at this wiki because there is one fact of trivia about Sarah Byrne, and it says, quote, she is literally a copy of Tyrus Flair. Ah! <laughs> Yeah, see, you know, okay, so if I Google her name, it comes up spelled five different ways in the first five results. It's, you know, Sarah, they dropped the H. It's Sarah Byrne. It's Sarah Barn. It doesn't matter. You can't make this character that cool. It's Tyrus Flair, but it's, uh, her name is Sarah, and she, I don't know, was raised in a barn, lived in a barn. So she leaves she the just door leaves open all the open. time. Yeah. <laughs> Were you raised in a barn? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, so I'm Sarah Barn. You let the oh. AC out of the house, Sarah, goddammit. <laughs> My mistake. Yeah. So anyway, um, everybody got it right. David maintains control of the board. <laughs> David, three questions left. Where are we going? You know, shout out to our fans. With fans like these for 400. With fans like these for 400, supposedly... This game is based around the true story and legends surrounding the Himuro Mansion in Japan, rumored to be the gruesome death site of a Japanese family and several others. This is just the energy we need to take us home today. <laughs> Charge it into these last two songs. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, guys, I hope everybody's pumped ready up and get. ready for action after that. <laughs> Johnny really pumped that fist for the brutal murder of a Japanese family. Everybody uh. says fatal frame. Everybody is correct. Amazing. Amazing job, everybody. Fatal Frame for the PlayStation 2. Uh, what a game that is definitely in some way inspired by a mansion in which a family was murdered? I mean, it's Fatal Frame. You take pictures of Japanese ghosts. So, like, right. yeah, that tracks. I suppose so. But don't you, like, kill the ghosts with your special camera or something? You kind of, like, as I recall, you somehow... I mean, it's not like a killing the ghost. It's more like a <laughs> Ghostbuster thing where you, like, trap ah. them with your camera, but with less visual effects. It's been a long time since I, like, saw The Ring or, you know, The Grudge or familiarized myself with any, like, Japanese ghost lore, but I wasn't sure if it was, like, Aborigines. Like, you take their picture and the ghost is pissed and disappears or something. Um, I mean kind of like you take a picture and steal their soul as i recall right but if a, if a ghost is already like a, a damned soul so by taking a picture of a ghost what do you do to the to the soul uh you develop it right oh you trap it in a fatal frame exactly see now Damn you're on it, top of it god there's so many layers to this title uh wow we um what a, what a game fatal frame a uh, game i'm assuming that yeah, I'm bet betting Johnny put 100 hours into this. Oh, <laughs> minimum. Yeah. It was yeah, like no, Pokemon I, I, Snap. You wanted to get that perfect shot of all the ghosts. <laughs> I burned through so many rolls of film playing this game. <laughs> One of my favorite things on Game That Tune is anytime John says, Yeah, I'm sure Johnny did blank, and Jesse just starts laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah. think about how much I blew on my film budget back then. Like, I, it really wasn't necessary. I kept taking pictures of the screen God, with my film. actual film camera like an idiot. Yeah. The Flash the just... Don't start dying! Ah. Yeah, Flash ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Tried to submit these pictures to, like, you know, Nintendo Power, but Konami. it didn't even exist anymore. <laughs> the yeah. Power's like, what? This is a PS2 game. Okay. Yeah. And two, I can't tell what you've done here. <laughs> what a mistake you've made. I love the idea of submitting your, like, Ratchet and Clank scores to Nintendo Power. <laughs> What do you think? Uh, that's, that's but, good uh, stuff. Yeah, so anyway, uh, regarding regarding this mansion, so there's this mansion outside of Tokyo, and apparently there was, like, uh, some possible, like, deaths attributed to people living in there, you know, whether or not it was a murder or something, nobody's really sure. Uh, but the uh, U.S. release of Fatal Frame used the tagline, based on a true story. Uh, and then several people in Japan were like, no, it's not. You can't catch ghosts with cameras. But it's almost like saying based on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. So, okay, so, so there's a ranking to how bullshit or not a movie is mm -hmm. based on how they open it. Like, based on true story. You're probably pretty accurate. Uh, based on true events. Like, based okay, <laughs> these happened, but maybe in a different order. Uh, inspired by a true story. Right. And then I feel like this game would be in the category of inspired by true events. Exactly. Like, some people died in a house. However, you were not able to capture them via photograph. <laughs> like, this this game is based on a true story in much the same way that Amityville Horror is based on a true story. Exactly. Like, yeah, technically, but the story is bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre, inspired by true events. Um, I mean, Texas <laughs> Chainsaw Massacre time. was based on a true story, but they took like one element of like a guy who made a mask out of skin and right. then everything else was made up. It's good, man. Great flick. You know, that's why Fatal Frame is a great game. They took a boring ass story and added a bunch of exciting elements to it. Um, so everybody got that one right. I don't remember where we were, so I'm going to give control of the board to Jesse. Uh, maybe call it a comeback for 400. Maybe call it some come on Jesse's back. This game was released nearly 28 years after the original Data East arcade classic. Johnny's immediately holding up that smiling penis. Sadly, no points for Johnny. David and Jesse, still both uh, writing feverishly. Oh my goodness. Uh, David says, are you a bad enough dude to uh, rescue the president? And he drew a dick. Uh, no, Sadly, that's, that's incorrect. Are you a bad enough dick to rescue the president? Oh, excuse me. I, you know, I'm sorry for calling the dick a dude. Uh, Mr. Dude is my father. And Jesse drew a, uh, a big, really long, curving, like an Ouroboros dick. Sadly, that's incorrect. Jesse, I was hoping that you would get this one right, my friend. This is, of course, Windjammers 2. That was uh, Data East? It was. Because <laughs> I thought it was an SNK game. It was developed by Data East and published by SNK. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't think of it as a Data East game. I think of it as an SMK game. That's my bad. It's all good. I mean, that's uh, my bad, know. too, because I didn't think of Windjammers thinking of Data East. Right. Uh, it's uh, made by Data East and published on the Neo Geo arcade system. So uh, it's, a, it's a Data East slash SNK joint. And yeah. Data East arcade cabinet. Classic crossover, baby. Yeah. Uh, you know. For a, for a bonus 400 points, somebody else name another Data East Arcade Cabinet. Bad dudes. 
Uh, wrong. David loses all his points. Bad Dudes was totally a Night Dating Star Arcade game. <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry, David. It was called Bad Dudes vs. Dragon Ninja in the arcade. Oh, for fuck's um, sake. Yeah, it's okay. I won't take the points from me in that case. This is a this is a bad bit. Anyway, Jesse, it was Windjammers 2, a game you chose for the show. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, a fun game. Yeah, it's a fun game, man. Power Flying Disc. Frisbee Pong. What's another oh. shorter way to say Windjammers 2? Frisbee. Frisbang. Frisbee. <laughs> Wait, was it Frisbee or Frisbang? Frisbee. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Frisbee with like an accent mark, like Pokemon? No, like B-A-E. <laughs> <laughs> you guys play Frisbee Pong and then fuck? <laughs> That's every also date I've game. ever had. Yeah, exactly. Every time I take somebody yeah. down to the Fort Lawn to play Frisbee. It's yeah, called it's, college. Yeah, it's just how it goes, baby. <laughs> All right, Hopefully well, Frisbee. I've clearly thrown everyone for a loop with uh, Windjammers being a Data East game as opposed to an SNK game. So it's time now for the final clue of the regular round. Legendary failures for 400. Everybody get ready. The developers of this game have cited Pikmin, Zelda, Metroid, and Dark Souls as influences on the game, while many reviewers compare it specifically to Majora's Mask due to its time elements. feeling i'm feeling so confident in my answer good you're not great okay great johnny's got two uh two penises side by side little goatees on their balls sadly incorrect jesse's still thinking still writing oh <laughs> jesse drew a sad penis with two sparse little balls sadly incorrect and david says legendary failures Let's talk about Johnny. No, that's uh, that's sadly incorrect, David, but that's not a penis. That loses you 400 points. This is, of course... Worth it. Unsighted. A game that David previously oh, used yeah. as an answer on this episode. And, um... Again, worth it. Yeah. Fun little, uh, fun little game. Where uh, you're playing as robots that... You're a robot that knows how long all of the other robots have to live? Is that what it is, yeah. Jesse? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's weird dark. thing because you have, like, a power meter, 
But if you die, you don't lose a life. You just lose part of your power meter. Right, just lose some time. Yeah. Kind of cool. It's well, a very sad. beautiful looking game. Yeah, no, I love the art style. And very cool. Uh, as I recall, it, you're mostly like, I don't know, like interacting with people. It's it's more, you know, a lot of, a lot of focus on relationships. Am I misguided in that, Jesse? I mean, it's mostly like dungeon crawling and stuff. And you find, you know, these things that um, can power the androids. And so you can use them on yourself to keep going. Or, or if, you know, the shopkeeper dude has like two days left, you might want to give him some energy so he can still buy stuff. Because mm. if he dies in the game, he's dead forever. Oh, uh, okay. So, like, you have to, like, make choices on who to spend this currency on to keep them alive. And, and um... I'm not sure if, if it's possible to, like, keep everyone alive or, you know, if you're going to have to make tough choices. I never got that far, but right. um, it's a pretty fun game. Cool, man. Very cool. It's on Game Pass. Yes. It's also Service on Switch. That, uh... It's perfect for Switch. Yes. Yes. Very. But again, go to patreon.com slash game that tune and uh, join at the Game Pass tier. Uh, the tier that gets you a personal shout-out from Jesse for each month that you stay registered at that tier because it allows Jesse to play Game Pass games. Um, it's a real tier, or it will be after tonight's episode. Um, guys, great game, great show. We've used up the board, and there's no easy way for me to do a final Jeopardy round using this interface, but it's time for Final Jeopardy. So, everybody, write down your wagers in the bottom half of your screen, and then I will, uh, you know, read the, uh, read the question, and you guys will provide your answers, and we'll just see where this thing goes, man. Johnny finished the regular rounds with 2,400 points. Jesse, 2,500. David, bringing up the rear in only half the amount of time with 700 points. So, we'll see who's feeling great in this category. The category is, of course, Game That Tune History. So uh, go ahead and write those wagers down, fellas. Yep. Locked in. Fantastic. I got mine. All right. And again, there's no way for me to show this on screen. Uh, but the uh, the question, or the answer, rather, because this is Jeopardy. This SNES game is the only game in Game That Tune history to be used as a selection in three different episodes and that does not include game that tune threesomes that does not include episodes in which we were playing you know remixes or remakes of a uh, game this is the only game that has been featured as a selection in three episodes of game that tune 30 seconds good luck We start with uh, the challenger, the uh, lowest scoring challenger, John Regan. Johnny, of course, has 2,400 points to wager. Johnny, uh, let's see what your answer was for this final Jeopardy category. Say it out loud. Mario All-Stars. Johnny says Super Mario All-Stars. That is sadly incorrect. Johnny, what was your wager? 2,400. Johnny finishes the episode <laughs> with zero points. 
dang, Johnny, it was a it was a good game while it lasted. You had a hell of a run, Jesse. Let's uh, let's go ahead and see that answer. I I guess Secret of Mana. Jesse has the excellent guess of Secret of Mana, based on me being part of the show. Jesse's sadly incorrect. However, he only loses 100 points, which takes his score down to 2,400 points. Smart. Very smart. And uh, David, let's uh, let's see what you said. Uh, there's a glare, but I said Super Mario All Stars as well. David also said Super Mario All Stars. And David, your wager? Uh, six ninety nine parentheses nice. David wagered six hundred and ninety nine points, taking him all the way down to one point. Johnny, send it over to the calculating computer, my friend. Calculating computer activated. I'm just trying to say that Yoshi's cookie is pretty good and you match cookies. Can I say that? Can I? No? <laughs> like, fuck, man. <laughs> Scoring complete. This game's winner is... Jesse Moore. Wow. Uh, it took the calculating computer to tell us that 2400 is greater than 1. And yes, Jesse, you are uh, you are tonight's winner. The answer of the Final Jeopardy question is, of course, Kirby Superstar. Oh, I thought about that. Johnny, you know why you thought about it? That was Kirby it? music. Because oh. you used it twice on the show, John. <laughs> Damn it. You yourself were responsible for two of the three instances of Kirby Superstar being used on the show. So of course, oh. used in episode 6 by you, episode 26 by me, and episode 208, another redo episode, by you! Uh, you know, it was almost Mega Man 9, but J uh, David used Mega Man 9 in the uh, episode 268 does, that does not exist, remixes and, uh, you know, remakes of soundtracks. Um, so yes, the answer was Kirby Superstar. But the more, more important piece of information, Johnny has been eliminated from August Absurdity, and Jesse has moved into the finals. We have a three-way a triple threat match for the August Absurdity Finals. It's going to be David Fleming versus John Harrington, that's me, and Jesse Moore for all the marbles in August Absurdity. Jesse, great game tonight, man. Thank you. It was yeah. great fun. Yes, and David, congratulations on second place. You'll get a copy of the Game That Tune home game. Thank you. Um, I just want to ask, does that mean that John Regan is going to select all of the games for next episode because if that's the case I just want to say that John I truly appreciate everything that you do here all the programming for GTT Radio and I do want to clear up a misconception I myself do not have the largest penis amongst the hosts that's actually John Regan who has the largest penis he's right to do this folks Johnny is now in charge of programming the entirety of the August Absurdity finale which is <laughs> oh, yeah. did anyone clip the video when David said that Johnny was a legendary failure <laughs> yeah. it's not too late Johnny have yeah. you lost weight you look good yeah. I just want to say I want to talk about legendary failures. How about your quest to weigh 300 pounds, Johnny? Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so it's a triple threat match, man. It's going to be a hell of an August absurdity finale. Jesse, David, and John Harrington all facing off for all the marbles. The Game That Tune Championship, the Game That Tune Bragging Rights. It's going to be a hell of a match. So I implore everyone that likes to make requests, please reach out to John Regan. Help him program the next episode. And uh, it's going to be a great one. So, guys, I can't wait. What a round of uh, Redemption Jeopardy this has been. Jesse, congratulations on redeeming yourself with a fantastic round of Jeopardy. 
And we got to take it home, guys. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for watching with us live. We're live every Wednesday night. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Search for Game That Tune. You'll find us. We're, live, or we're in your podcast devices on Tuesday mornings. Check out GameThatTune.com or anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate you guys listening there. Uh, we want to give a special shout. Oh, man. We want to give a special shout out to anybody checking out Patreon. We've plugged it a couple of times. Patreon.com slash GameThatTune. It's the home for awesome exclusives. We've got Game That Tune gems. We've got mixtapes. Jesse's making mixtapes galore. We, uh, we've got all our past features. We've got movie nights. We've got covered up. We've got all kinds of fun stuff there at Patreon. And you help us keep uh, the lights on at our 24-7 video game music live stream. Radio.GameThatTune.com. GTT.Rocks. The home for video game music on the internet. Uh, we really appreciate anybody checking out Patreon. want to give a special shout-out, of course, to our absurd uh, absurd fans on Patreon. We're talking about Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford Stevens, Daniel Perky, Taylor Y., Sam L., Grimmery, Phoenix Tier 2121, Unsaddled Zebra, Akadar, The Kerrigan, and Rav Sieg. A fantastic group that we've got there at Patreon. We super appreciate you guys supporting us at patreon.com slash tune. Uh, we didn't get any actual requests this week. We, uh, we ran back some old episodes with some requests, but the best way to make your requests is via our Discord. Hit us up uh, in the Game That Tune Discord server. It's in our show notes. Or hit us up GameThatTune.club. That's the way to get priority. So if you want to help Johnny program the August Absurdity finale, go to GameThatTune.club, join us in our social media server, and uh, feed Johnny some suggestions. Because uh, I guarantee you he is wide open to them and needs them. Uh, and that's gonna just about do it. It's been a fantastic night. Thank you guys all for playing Game That Tune Jeopardy. It was a uh, it was a blast. And Jesse has the bonus tunes that are gonna take us home. Jesse, tell us what we're going home with tonight. So I've been working on a mixtape, and in my uh, discoveries, I found this song from Shining Wisdom on the Sega Saturn <laughs> that is very strange. It's like basically describes what you're about to play in this game and it's very odd it's it's like you hear music and then this voice is like there are puzzles and lots of action and role playing and it's like this is, is this in the game it's it's very strange i look forward to hearing uh sounds great shining wisdom hopefully it will shine wisdom down upon us for the final round of august absurdity coming next week we love you guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Peace out, everybody. Ho! Oh, it appears that the one who has straight off the beaten path and crossed the line between chaos order and this world with shining wisdom has finally arrived. Yes, it's you I'm referring to. Mystery, puzzle, and riddle. Taking time out to smoke and calm your thoughts is necessary if you expect to solve these puzzles before you. They exist to challenge you. Fair warning, accepting everything you see at face value will lead to grave error. Who decided that pi should equal 3.14? Never forget that even in ironclad laws of physics, clever and strange traps can be found. Anyway, the brain must first be stimulated. Don't expect the answers to come immediately. Luck is required as much as anything else in order to read what lies behind that. There is nothing wrong with heeding your inspiration. Just don't rely too much on freely offered information. 
knowledge. Knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is not truth. Truth is not beauty. Beauty is not love. Love is not music. Music is the best. Listen to music. Calm yourself and listen. This is not with your ears. Try to obtain something from amongst the traps scattered here. Cosmic discord. Irregular time. Polyrhythm. Flashing keyboard solo. Wildly distorted guitar. Uninterrupted flow of melody. Fuck. Uh, I don't have tw- copyrights for 25 games. This shit's over. <laughs> God. If I could have won, I could have. If I got that, if I got that right, and that was my first instinct, and I said no, because I'm dumb. Yeah, no, you you could have won the whole thing, baby. You you swung for the fences. Uh, you almost. Well, at least done. at least it's not have to do the whole show next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care about winning or not. I just don't want to do the whole show. Man. <laughs> The That'll be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting one. We're gonna have to. Oh, it's gonna get weird. It is gonna get weird. Again, um, I just want to take a moment to say that John, have you lost weight? You just look so good. Like me? honestly, uh, no, John Regan. Like oh. you are looking so good. Like, thank you, I've never been sexually attracted to any of us before, but I gotta say, you're kind of doing it. You know it, David. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>